You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. I want you to turn your mind today to a scripture passage that we read together from Matthew chapter 14, the story about about Jesus and about Peter walking on the water. And I put a title on the sermon Uh, the sermon title, Get Out of the Boat. Get Out of the Boat. Uh, Matthew records after this feeding of the 5,000 that Jesus went away to pray by himself. And how true it is that we all need times to be alone. And I think in the busy world in which we live, maybe one of the problems and maybe the reason why we have so much stress is we're so busy running here and there, flustering about, we never do take enough time to be alone. And we most certainly never do take enough time to pray. So there's a lesson right from the start from the passage. Jesus gives us a lovely example. He went away to pray by himself. Eventually, at the end of the night, before the dawn was breaking, we read he was in a boat, and he was making contact with his disciples again because they saw him in the distance. They, they didn't recognize him. It wasn't quite bright. Dawn hadn't broke. And they saw this figure walking on the water and were simply told that they, they were terrified. Now, to be fair, one of the Greek phrases could be translated walking towards the water. But however, the disciples were out of their mind, as it were. And you can imagine you were in a boat, and you see this thing, and they say, it's a ghost. Uh, that You can understand how, how they would have felt. And then Jesus told them, he made himself known to them, and he said, don't be afraid, it's me, and so on. And here's the point I'm coming to in the sermon then today. But Peter, because Peter jumps out of the boat, out of the boat and goes walking towards Jesus. Now, maybe Peter thought that the, he was nearer than he was. Maybe Peter thought the water was shallower. We don't know those things, but we do know that when he started walking towards Jesus, once he took his eyes off Jesus, he began the wind and turned, he got afraid and he, he, he began to sink. Maybe some of you are great swimmers. I am not. I wouldn't... I, consider the idea of jumping out of a boat even, I think, if I had a life jacket on, though I could tell you of another silly, one of my silly experiences of which I've had many in Loch Erne many, many, many years ago we did all the wrong things. But, how and ever, here's the point. Peter was not afraid to take a risk. Peter was not afraid to take a risk. And that's what I want to refer to in the sermon this morning, really. Because I'm ashamed to say it, I don't like taking risks in life. And I'm a naturally cautious person. Try to sum it all up, and sometimes sum up far too much. I wonder are you like that. Do you know what has been described as the world's best-selling armchair? It is called the Lazy Boy Recliner. 
It may well be that you have one in your house. We have a recliner in our house. It's not a lazy boy one. The lazy boy is the boy that often sits in it, but that's another story. But you know, in life, most of us are very different to the Apostle Peter. We like comfort. Am I describing you? We're addicted to comfort and ease and so on. And we do everything to make our lives more comfortable. Uh, The theologian Karl Barth said, comfort is one of the greatest siren calls. We're like couch potatoes. We stay in the boat, unlike like the rest of the disciples. We're very different to Peter, who was not afraid to take the risk and make it out, head out to Jesus. Now, question. Why did Peter get out of the boat and try to walk towards Jesus? And the answer is very simple. In verse 29, Jesus said, Come. Jesus said, Come. Peter responded to the invitation to come. Now, of course, the basic reality, as we know in the gospel and the churches, that if we want to come to Christ, as we should do, we need faith. And it's like Peter in the boat, or even if you're on the dry land, there, there is the, there is the uh, yes, you can call it a risk. You've got to respond and take the risk, as it were. Um, now, of course, the risk is worth the taking, obviously. Uh, and, and maybe the reason why I think that more people respond when they're young. I, I made that response when I was a boy of 10. And that's why it's very good to have youth work and, and children's work and children's evangelism. Because more people respond to give their lives to Christ when they're young. The older we get, the reality is we are less likely to take the risk. We like our lives the way it is. And we most certainly don't particularly want to change. However, Peter uh, took the risk. And when we come to Christ for salvation, as we should do, we must realize that, yes, he does not promise a life of ease. There's nowhere in the Bible does it say that. We'd like that to be so, but it's not the case. He says you'll have tribulations along the way. You'll have trouble. But he promises, just like Peter, never to leave us nor to forsake us. No more than he forsook Peter when Peter jumped out of the boat and made his way on the water and began to sink long ago. Now, some people criticize Peter. Don't criticize Peter for, for, doing, for jumping on the water. He did what he was told. He responded to the invitation to come. I wonder, have you ever responded to that invitation? That invitation is extended to you. It is a fundamental step of the faith. We cannot be a, a, a Christian in the... And I know people use that word all over the place. Uh, but a Christian I, I, and a believer in the truest sense of the word, a committed Uh, believer, we cannot be unless we take that response to come to him at some stage in our lives. I say that is a most fundamental step, and I know there'll be plenty of people here who in this church will be happy to talk to you about that and to help you to guide you in that. And uh, 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 Indeed, it's the most important thing. But what is your boat of comfort? What is your boat? Let's, Let's turn the analogy around a little bit. We all have our boat of comfort. 
What is the boat of comfort for you? It could be a job, maybe. It could be, very possibly, a set of friends. Or it could be a relationship. Or it could be that you're just afraid of what other people would, would say or think about you, so you don't want to, as it were, leave that behind and take that step of faith uh, uh, to be the person God wants you to be. Leaving your boat of comfort can be a scary step, even if there's no water around. But it's an important step. And that's what I want you to think about today. Well, what other lessons can we learn from this passage of Scripture? We can learn something else from Peter, and that is to focus on the Savior and not on the storm. That's what, eventually what Peter had to do. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. You know, everybody at some time or another will experience setbacks. I don't like them. You don't like them. But it comes with the turf. It is part of living. I don't know who it was said it, but someone said it, and I, don't, I wrote it down, it said, you can go through life, live on healthy food only, go to bed early, avoid controversy, never give an offense, never take drugs, mend your own business, live a clean life, wear a mask, wash your hands often, save all you can, and you'll still die in the bathtub. Because too much analysis leads to paralysis. Too much analysis only leads to paralysis. You see, staying in the boat, whatever your boat is, you work it out for yourself, it doesn't guarantee safety. You'll die from something else. You'll not achieve all the talents that God has given you to use. You'll never achieve be the person that you're intended to be. So the point is, like Peter, we all need to take risks. Yes, as I've said, coming in faith to Christ in the first place, that's a risk. Yes, it is. It's a risk worth taking. But living a spirit-filled, useful life, you've got to take risks daily. Focus on the Savior and not on the storm. Now, in these days, the very fact that I'm with you today is an example uh, that COVID is still with us. The person who should have been here is not here. We have to be wise. But you know, sadly, and while we do have to be wise and sensible, some people have given up on life. And some people have given up on um, many of the things that they shouldn't have given up on. And some people have given up on church. It's quite spectacular to see a congregation so full of people. I'm sorry to tell you, on Thursday evening, I had a meeting with a congregation in Clark of Presbury in our Presbury. And that meeting was about closing a church, a little church in our area where many people had given up and there wasn't enough to keep it going. And the two or three that remained had taken a very courageous decision to join that with something else, probably close the building. Well, certainly close the building, maybe sell the building. And that was a very, very, we found that a very, very sad, a very sad occasion. But the reality is there were people there, there should have been people there, who had given up for whatever reason. Sad. Take a lesson from Peter. Impulsive as he was long ago, responding to Jesus. Don't let fear paralyze you. Yes, we have to live sensibly. Don't let fear paralyze you, otherwise it will control you. And you know, every day you live, you, you, uh, as it were, uh, you take 
a step out of your comfort zone. Maybe you'll have more strength to do it the next time. I don't know if you still sing that lovely children's hymn, Yield Not to Temptation. Do you remember what one of the verses, or one of the lines says? Each victory will help you some other to win. In other words, there is strength in achieving with God. Each victory will help you. So focus on the Savior and not on the storm. If you want to grow in the faith, and not, not just be stuck on the point of conversion, as some people are. We've got, God surely wants us to explore new territory for him. Maybe accept new challenges. Maybe do new things. Maybe things that you've never done before. Uh, when COVID was going, yes, it's still going, but hopefully we're getting through it. Get involved in God's work. Open new doors and do different things. You know, the more that dedicated believers get out of their boat of comfort and ease and spiritual entertainment, the more the gospel will make an impact on the world and on the community. So get out of the boat with Jesus as a life jacket. Take a risk and uh, walk tall uh, for him. Now you'll face, you might face rejection. You'll be criticized maybe, uh, but is that not a risk worth taking? Talking about riding a bicycle, when I learned to ride, when our children read, read, were learning to ride a bicycle, and they're up adults now, we used to have stabilizers. I'm sure all the boys and girls here, do you ride a bicycle? Can you ride a bicycle? You don't need stabilizers, so you don't. No, no, you're far too big for that. Well, when you started out, of course, you had stabilizers. When I started out riding a bicycle, there's no such thing as stabilizers. I had an unpleasant experience that I'll not relate. But, um, you, you had you put the stable and you watched it. Then eventually there comes a time when the stabilizers have to come off. Okay, and it was very frightening as a parent to watch your child wobbling down a bit without the stabilizer, and you just felt like catching the bicycle like that. But you know, as they wobbled through, eventually they got confidence. Isn't that right? And they were soon able to master the art of riding a bicycle with no difficulty at all. Is that not like a kind of faith? in life, like walking on the water, and Jesus eventually stretched out his hand and, uh, in verse 31 and caught him, he said, you have little faith. If you're in the will of God and the path of duty, yes, there may be little wobbles, the, the waters may be deep, the times may be uncertain. Jesus says, come, and you have no cause, you have no cause to fear. I want you to uh, pray, Lord, increase our faith. Whatever our comfort zone is, give me faith to trust you and to get out of my boat and to do business for you. But I want you to notice one thing more just about this passage. The real failure. Who were the real failures? The real failures were those who were still in the boat. Isn't that right? You see, we talk about Peter. We said Peter, oh, he crashed in the water. Peter failed. No, he didn't fail. The real failures were those who didn't even try. They failed quietly and they failed privately. And, and it all went unnoticed. Nobody criticized them. Peter crashed on the water. But what happened, Peter? He got closer to Jesus. And he became not a failure. You know that. He became a leader. He became a great leader in the Christian church. He became a leader par excellence. He's involved in encouraging Christians and, and, and writing letters to Christians that had to leave their homeland. And, of course, we have those letters part of our Bible today. 
in anything in life, and certainly in the spiritual realm, I'm going to suggest to you in the last slide that the greatest failure of all is not even to try. I have conducted many, many funerals in my day, hundreds and hundreds of them over the last 40 years, I suppose. And sometimes you hear a lot as you're standing at a graveside and you hear quite a bit of things that you're not really meant to hear. And something like, he could have done something if he had tried. He could have made a bit more of his life. Isn't that an awful thing to be able to say? You know, because Peter started to sink, he did not fail his master. Because he was criticized by others, <coughs> he did not fail his master. He knew that Jesus was there, and he knew that Jesus was there to save him, and Jesus did. And whatever our boat is, and I don't know, we need to get out of that boat and respond to that invitation to Jesus in verse 29 who says, Come. But, uh, you know, sometimes we've got to be prepared to take a risk. Let us pray.